Look at it. This is Pete George, and we are live on Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. Our special guest tonight is Alvino Bennett. Yeah. Okay, so Alvino, how about um, how about bringing us in with a, with a little track, with a okay. tune? Tell us what it is. What are you going to play us? The name of the song is a song I, myself, and Jonathan McEwen. I love Jonathan McEwen. Yeah, Jonathan's great. He's a great artist. And the name of the song is called Dream Lover, and I'll play a little bit for you right now. And you better be playing some percussion while we're... I'm playing all the percussion. Yeah. I like it. Dream Lover, I'm liking it. Yeah. And, and are you guys recording this now? What are you doing? Uh, we finished recording this and we're working on some other things. Um, and I'm working with other artists also. Um, so what are you going to put out? You're going to put out a compilation CD? Probably at some point, maybe next year sometime. I'm just working on a few things right now. So So what other artists are you working with? Um, next week I go in the studio to pro uh, produce, co-produce um, a blues record nice. with uh, Alex Dixon, uh, Willie Dixon's uh, oh. grandson. Wow. And, grandson? Okay, yeah, that, yeah. that hurts. <laughs> that just hurts. Yeah, and it's going to be a great, great record. Um, um, so we, we start next week on that. Yeah. Um, throughout the months that I've been off the road, uh, I've been working at home. I have my little studio set up with my drums. Yeah. And uh, people are sending me tracks now, and I can play drums, and I send stuff back. So I've done a couple of few commercials, and uh, I don't know the name, so don't even ask. Oh, all right, I won't go there. <laughs> and um, and another buddy of mine, a bassist by the name of Gerald look, Johnson. Look at this bling. Alvino's like the only person that has better, well, there are other people that have better bling, but Al, Alvino has better bling than me. Yeah, you should see yeah. this thing hanging look, off look his this pants. Look at this here. Wait, show, show a that great voice. friend of mine. Look, look at this. I love, oh, I want this. Bassist Johnny Grappari. Okay. Uh, made this. We played with Slash together, and he made this for me way back then, in 1997. It's great chain. It's ridiculously. Cannot wear this at the airport, though. Oh. <laughs> do you not even try? I do not this. No. I, I know. But yeah. this is okay. All of that? Yeah, it's okay. They let me through. Yeah, yeah, you know they let me through now yeah, too. I yeah. used to have to take all the shit off. Yeah, don't don't do it. Don't do it. No, no, no. no. All right, wait. We got to say hello to some people because Chris Curtis. We were just talking about you, Chris. There you are. Hey, it's good to see you. So, Chris, I want to come see you. Maybe I can come see you when. Uh, okay, so Alvino's going to be playing with Dave Mason at the Saban. Yeah. When are you guys I, playing the I, I Saban? Don't, I don't remember the date. Is it during the summer? Uh. That I don't remember. You don't remember. So Chris, Chris, when are you guys going to be at the Saban? Because I want to come. Um, and it would be great to see you. Judy Orbach is here. Do you know Judy? Um, I love the name. And Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Peg. Hi, Brian Cleary. I bet you know Brian Cleary. No, he's he's a bass player. Yeah. Uh, Gary Collins. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Um, okay, so anyway, we had to say hi to people. And while we're while we're paused saying hi, I just want to I want to give a shout out to my hairdresser. Nice. For kicking, right? Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia Salon. And we can't say the name of your hairspray because Alvino's mom might watch in the morning. But look what it is. Look what it is. 
Oh, oh, it's so oh, good. Yeah. But it's called Hair Crush Love is the, is the main thing. And you can get it at the Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City. And, uh, and then also, um, my beloved Rick, Rick Smokey of Quick Impressions in Chicago, if you need anything printed, if you, when you're doing your new, your new album, oh. if you need liner notes done, if you okay. need anything, he will do them for you. He, he doesn't charge artists. He's Home the best. Boy. I'm Chicago. from Chicago. There you go. And you're from Chicago. Yes, I am. And, and yes. Alvino's from Probably, Chicago, Probably, yes. Are you, are, yes. Are you guys playing Chicago? Yes, that's the second date of this next tour that's coming up. Uh, the 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th at City Winery. In Chicago. Rick, you gotta go see Alvin see Alvin. And Rick come and say hello, please. Rick is gonna take such good care yeah, of you. Please so if you need hello. anything printed, he did my business cards, I show this every week. Cool. He did my bookmarks. I have to give you a book. Oh, okay. Don't jump sex, drugs, rock and roll my fucking mother. You said it. And, and, it's, and oh, not no, well. not Alvino's mother, and not my mother. I love my mother. We'll talk about that. But um, oh lord, what I just please I'm forgive me. Sorry, mama. I'm so, all right, all right. I did this in Women Who Write last week, and I'm saying it again. I'm going to get through the rest of this broadcast. I am not going to curse one time. Now, maybe two times, but I'm not going to do it one time. I shall not. Okay. Oh, so shit. anyway, Rich Moore. Hi. Um, all right, you almost missed it, but you didn't miss it, Rich. We're right here. So, Alvino, yes. I'm, I'm like, I'm knowing that you started playing drums when you were like a kid, but before you started playing drums, I want to, I, I know kind of the story of how you started, but when you're a little, little kid, because you started playing young, mm -hmm. what's the first thing you want to do when you grow up? You're in Chicago. Are you inner city? Are you suburban? Yes, in the, in the inner, inner city. I inner mean, city. right in the middle of the shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And uh, west side of Chicago. Okay. Um, I was born on the north side of Chicago, mm -hmm. and um, that is some cold stuff going on right yeah, there. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. But the north side was cool uh, when I you know, became a teenager. Uh, yeah. It was a very cool place to hang. Um, mm. This multicultural thing was happening there. Um, you, coming from the inner city, like I did, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of like in this circle here, but you leave out the circle and you see other stuff that's happening. Was there, were there arts happening? Was there music happening all yeah, over the place? Yeah, all, all over the place. I mean, Chicago mm -hmm. is definitely known for, for that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the arts. Um, all kinds of stuff that, that's, that's going on. Um, Certainly man. comedy is big oh, in Chicago. It's, it's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's huge. And still today, um, growing up there was just a wonderful thing. I remember going to this place on down on Maxwell Street, and um, you would see old guys sitting out in this like parking lots, buildings have been uh, uh -huh. taken down. They're sitting there with all these broken down amps and guitars and singing the blues. And it's like so cool to see that stuff. And uh, we don't see much of that these days, but mm -hmm. I would love to. But that was just a great thing seeing that growing up. And um, yes, being a little bitty boy before I started playing drums, it was instilled at that time. But was music in your house when you were a kid? I was going to say, yeah. my dad, uh -huh. uh, rest, his, rest his soul, um, was played guitar and harmonica, and I would hear him play. I must have been like two or three years old, so there's something that's in the back of my head. And I, as I got older, I kept remembering. I go on, this cat was pretty good. So my did he do something else for a living, or did well, he, he, play? he worked at the post office? Okay, worked at the post office. But did, did he gig? Life. No, no, he just uh, played. No, he just he just one of those cats that just kind of just played. He wasn't even a weekend warrior. He just kind of like did it at home and. Right. And that was it. But um, living on the west side, 
and me and my cousins would sneak out of the house and we would go up on Roosevelt Road on the west side by Maxwell Street and Wood Street and all those places. If you know Chicago and you know the west side, and we would hear these bands playing. How old were you? You were, wait, Mom, you get information that you never knew. Oh, we were probably like eight, nine oh years my old. Gosh. And, you know, walking around, it was summertime. Yeah. And you're hearing these bands, it was so cool and seeing, you know, seeing people out in the, just dancing and swaying and, you know, dun, 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 and just all these wonderful 12 bar things. And mm -hmm. hearing this stuff, fast forwarding to 10 years old. Ten years old. <laughs> Fast forward all the way to ten years old. I know that's kind of crazy. Oh my and god! And being at home sick one day, and my mom was at work, and my auntie L uh, was watching me, and I heard the drum and bugle call. We live right across the alley from the school, mm -hmm. and I heard just like this drums and it's just like this pounding in my chest. I was like, "Wow, that's so cool!" And I'm homesick. Probably had the flu or something. Mm -hmm. And we lived in the basement, and I pulled myself up on the windowsill to look out. Right. And she comes in the room bringing me my, my uh, chicken noodle soup so I can get well. <laughs> Boy, what was are you doing Campbell's? up there? Of course of it was. Course. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and that's um, what we did. she says, uh, what's wrong? I, I says, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. She said, what? I want to play the drum. Not drums, but I want to play the drum. And and This drum? It was a, it was a field oh, drum, oh, so we oh, called oh. it a snare drum. Uh-huh. And so she got me an audition. She got me up there and got an audition for me. And she's the reason why I got into it. Okay, that. wait a minute. You're 10 years old? At she 10 got, years old. She got yeah. you an audition for what? To play snare drum. In the? In drum and bugle corps. Drum and bugle yeah, corps. Yeah, yeah. And was that like a, was it a school drum and bugle? It was bugle? a school, yeah, William Penn okay. on the west side of Chicago. 16th of Springfield, right next door to where I lived. Yeah. Were, you, were you were you a tall kid? I mean, because you're carrying. I was a tall kid. I was rather skinny too. And you extremely. Want, and you and you want to you want to you want to play the drum standing up. I had to play the drum standing up because that's what it was. And when I got my first drum kit, yeah. I stood up and played a red sparkle what? red sparkle Sears and Roebuck drum kit, snare drum, rack tom, a kick drum, and a, some raggedy cymbal sitting on a kick on the kick drum. And you and I stood you, up. Did you stand because you were used to standing from the? Um, no, there was no seat came with with this drum kit. So so after a while, when I got older, yeah. uh, I saw a lot of drummers sitting down. So I got my mom had a uh, step stool, uh -huh. a yellow step stool, and that that was my drum seat for a while. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How, it was great. how can you play the the bass drum when you're just on your toe? Start just, just play on your toe. On your toe. And I still to this day play on my toe. Do you? Yeah, yeah. And when I got a hi-hat, I had no idea how in the hell to play a hi-hat. I had no idea because I didn't have one growing up. Okay. And I didn't have one in, for like two or three years. So, And then when I finally got one, I didn't, didn't know what to do with it. Okay, so wait. So, so you become a drummer. Do mm -hmm. you study? How do you learn? It, it was a God-given gift, as they call it. Wow. And um, um, as I went along, I had people that taught me things. One of the first bands, mm -hmm. um, two bands I was in, it was a band called The Condors. But the band that really helped me to get into it was a band called The Aragons. And they were from uh, Maywood, Illinois. And what they did, they sent me downtown Chicago to a drum teacher. And um, and the guy gave me like four or five lessons. And he... he was tricking me into learning things. He would go, uh, if you show me how to play that funky stuff, I'll show you how to play some jazz. 
not knowing that it was all basically the same thing. Right. You know, so I'm going like, you know, as a kid, like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years you old. You do it? Wow. It's like, yeah, I'm going to show him. But he showed me. So, so those are the first lessons that I got. And then as I went and got, you know, older, you know, learning from people like uh, Willie Dixon mm-hmm. and my, uh, my uh, buddy Cash McCall, rest both of the souls, and Joe Young, all those, all those people, uh, gave me lessons in learning how to read music. I was going to say, do you know how to read? I read decently. Okay. I read decently. Uh, they, they, there's a thing called reading fly specs or fly shit on paper. I can't do it because you throw stuff on the paper like that. Ah. But I can do I can do rhythm charts. I can do certain uh, drum charts. I write out my own stuff a lot. Oh, wow. And I can I do that. I do sessions. I do certain sessions. Uh, they'll give me uh, usually a, a rhythm chart of some sort. Mm-hmm. And we just listen to a demo or something. And just go for for whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so this was your passion, but you you were. You were doing it. You were playing clubs when you're just a little kid. You're like yeah. 14. You're playing uh, clubs or something. I actually was playing in clubs when I was like 12. Oh, stop. 12. How and, are you doing that? Wait, well, the funny thing was this: the, 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 second, the first band I was in was called The Condos. It was yeah. a three-piece band. And we used to play in clubs. What kind of music you playing? R&B, all okay. the R&B and funk back back in the day. You know, James Brown, uh-huh. all that, all the stuff back, back in the day. And so we, the guitar player was the singer? We played instrumental music. Everything was instrumental with us. We played like like bumping on the sunset and, wow. and, and all the stuff was just, just the three of us playing instrumental stuff. Wow. And what we would do would take a mascara, what would you call it, a mascara pencil? Yeah. And paint a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so not knowing, you know. I'm sure you fooled them. Right, right. So you start sweating. <laughs> and all the stuff starts to start coming oh, down on your white God. shirt. You have all the spots on it. It's like, it wasn't a pretty picture at all. <laughs> but we got paid. <laughs> wow. So yeah. yeah and your, mo- your mama let you do this? Yeah, that's what I want. Well, it was, be- it was better doing that than being out on the streets like gangbanging. Absolutely. I, um... I played for a lot of the gangs uh, on the west side of Chicago. Um, really? And that kept me off the streets because they respected us musicians a lot, you know. And so that was such a cool thing to do, be able to do that. We also had a lot of, um, uh, what do you call them, um, um, uh, jam sessions, if you will, uh, yeah. um, and, and school activities, uh, talent shows that, right. that we all did. Back in those days, back in the 60s, mm-hmm. Motown was really huge, so we, we were playing The Temptations, we were playing um, Marvin Gaye, we were playing uh, The Originals, we were playing The Four Tops, just all of that stuff we were, we were playing at that time. And what a wonderful time to grow up, because that was like great music, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I got a chance to play all of that stuff back, back in the day. And you go to school still? Yeah, yeah, I better. <laughs> okay, so mom made sure you went to school. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you did okay in school. You know? I did okay. Um, I was saying earlier that um, when I got to high school, there was no music program. Oh. So that sucked, but I didn't want to go to the other schools because there was a lot of gang activity. So I didn't want to be involved in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really worried because I knew everybody mm-hmm. and being and being a musician. So when I got to high school, West Westinghouse, uh, it was a vocational school. I became a geek. I was a geek. I uh, was into electronics. 
Uh, welding I was my. I can't see that. Uh, yeah, I, I was totally into it. It was really great. The diodes and capacitors, and I mean all of that stuff. I, I helped to build one of the first um, microwaves back back what? then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did uh, stoves. We did all kinds of electrical things, and and I was also into welding. That was a passion. I, I actually really want to go back into welding. Really? As, as an art. As, as art. As yeah. art, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, one of these days uh, when my hands give out. Um, well, but yeah, yeah, not yet. I've got to that age, though. It, I mean, is it's, this a spoon? This is from a high fork. school. I made, this, oh. I made this in high school. Look, it's a fork. Look at this. This is one of the things I did in high school. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love, I'm yeah. loving that. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. Like yeah. So, yeah, I made jewelry in high school also, and I sold it. <laughs> made a couple of dollars. Okay, so did all right. I, I'm I'm an addict in recovery. Did did drugs get the better of you? Did any of that? No, um, I did my little bit of you know drinking. Uh -huh. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, you know a little weed here and there, and and like quarters of certain other yes. pills and stuff. But it it never took you. No, you know a couple of times I would get drunk and yeah, it was nasty and. Yeah. I decided not to do it. So now, today, it's just drinking wine and some tequila with my fiance, Laura. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get our weekends and just kind of chill. You know? Okay. And that's it. So you can do that so you're not. No. You don't, you don't have the addict mentality. No, no, no. All right, no, I like that. Mm -mm, that's no, good. Just, just music. But you were around. It oh, God. I was, was I? Was I? Oh, my goodness. It was kind of crazy. I, um, I saw what was happening. And the outcome was not cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't like what I saw. You yeah. know. Um, I mean, I saw people doing things. You know, shooting up and over drinking, and you know, just the whole thing. And, and I mean, I didn't want to be one of the people that was sitting around just kind of like nodding, nodding out. And yeah. The, I mean, that's to me that wasn't a life. The music was like the thing that just did it, and still today. I mean, I can twenty four hours. It's just like music. 4,000 songs on my iPhone. That's crazy. And yeah. and when you're sitting around, do you, you still play like just, do you still play just for the, I, I almost said, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> just for the hell of it, Ma. <laughs> hell of it. Um, or no? Are those days over? No, I mean, I you know, I, I, I do a lot of writing now. I sit at home and okay, I Okay, so now when you write, do you play piano? I mess around on piano. I can't go sit in with anyone, but did, I would. Did you teach yourself? How'd you learn piano? Uh, I went and did one, maybe two semesters at Valley Valley College in Van Nuys, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the theory. I took some theory mm -hmm. um, because you know it. It was too many times of hearing you're just the drummer. You're just a drummer. And mind you, I have been do writing. Do people really say that? Yeah. That people will still say it. You're just a drummer. But look at look at all the successful drummers that we've had. Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Norda Michael Walden with all the Whitney Houston he's, stuff. He's a, a Facebook friend of mine. And yeah. Steve Ferroni. He's and been Steve in Ferroni. the living. Yeah. The I mean, so Liberty DeVito, my friend I mean, Liberty. Uh, James Gatson. I mean, my God, one of the one of the best. You ever heard James Gatson sing? I, I don't know. He was with a, a band. He's just so many ones. He played on the. Um, Bill Withers stuff, uh, Use mm. Me. Like, psh, psh, mm. Oh man, amazing. One of the most. Ringo. Well, Ringo Starr. Hello. But James Gasson's voice, I mean, mm. oh, 
he's played on so many songs that you've, you've heard, and it's just like, but there's so many cats. I mean, Al Jackson Jr. from from Stax down there uh, did all those records, and he wrote a lot of the Al Green songs. Oh wow! So you know, you you get you got you got cats. So Jeff Bacaro from Toto, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, writer and player, and uh-huh. I mean, just so there's so many no such drummers. thing as just well, a well, 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 I think only a fool will say that. Ignorant fool. But anyway, yeah. so all right, so so you so you got some piano down. So now when yeah. you write, you write on piano. Piano, bass, and guitar. That's what I use. I use those three instruments. You can play all those. I mess around on all three. Oh, that's pretty right. good. Did yeah. you teach yourself those too? Well, the stuff that you heard that's me playing on all that that you anything right, anything I play, you're gonna hear me playing pretty much all the instruments except maybe some things. There might be a, a bassist. Okay, so play us something else. Um, play us something that, that... This song here is a song that myself and Gerald Johnson, awesome bass player. Gerald used to play with Dave back in the early days. Okay. Dave Mason back Dave in the early Mason, days. Dave Mason, we're talking about. And he also played... Uh, you remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Miller. Of course. He's the bass player who played on the Joker and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, he also played with the played on the, the Pointer Sisters' uh, uh, slow, was it slow hand, dumb, doo-doo, yeah. that wonderful bass part. Anyway, he and I wrote this song, and it's a great song. Um, it's called There She Go, Doing That Thing. Okay, and you got to do your thing. I got to do my you gotta thing. You got to warm here. up your you got to warm so up your So it's going to be coming up here pretty soon here. Couple hey, seconds. Crystal Husband, hi, and look. So I'm playing everything on here except for bass and acoustic guitar. So I'm playing pianos and other guitars and stuff. Gerald Johnson. She walked into the club. Sing it, Gerald. What a voice. Yeah. And I did everything in my apartment and in my house. Sounds great. No studio, so. Love his voice. Yeah, he's great. Soulful. Left-handed guy, too. And dances around all the time. Great. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So this, yeah. So this is this is something that's going to come on this album that you're working on now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be working on some stuff. I have to go up to see him to, to finish him all the stuff. So uh, at some point, uh, I guess maybe later this month. I've been moving around so much since not moving, but right. musically. Okay, so what have you March. been? What have you been doing lately? Well, there's a, a couple of cats up in Santa Cruz. Uh, they have a studio called Skunkwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Brankerhoff. And Frank Swart, um, great bassist, play used to play with uh, was it Patty Griffin? I think he used to play for bass and awesome. So I go up there two, maybe three times a year and work on stuff. Um, I wish I had some of the tracks that we do, and that's a whole different thing for me Likewise. playing. Um, well, my background is, is basically R and B blues, the blues R and B. Right. And I play for. For as we use a big word, plethora of people. <laughs> we're going to talk, talk about the plethora of people you've been working and with. So what I do when I go up there, I take like half the kitchen sink, and half the kitchen sink is basically like having things like this. Right. And, we, I and, had to go to Guitar Center today to get some 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 shaker eggs. Some shaker eggs. Because, because Albino did not have one piece of percussion. But wait, he showed up with this with the tag. 
hand's still on. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna make you play this shit. Oh, this, this is my stepdaughter. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Elise. And she's my ten. And she took her little tambourine. We're gonna we're gonna make you do it. But I go up there and I, I do the thing up there, and it's it's and it's kind of like eclectic. Okay. Uh, if what I does might, that mean? That means that I might play a kick drum and a snare drum, but over on the floor tom, I'll take a tambourine and tape it to the floor tom and play a stick on that instead of playing hi-hat, uh, a traditional nice. way. Uh -huh. So it's, it's really different. And the way the drums are recorded is also also different. It's kind of this this thing we call, uh, that's called the Glenn Johns way of, of, of miking drums, the way they did stuff back in England, mm -hmm. back in the day for Led Zeppelin and groups like that, instead of the close mic kind of a thing. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, and I really enjoy doing it. Uh, there's a record coming out later this year by wow. this gentleman, E.J. Matthews. Okay. And uh, look out for it. He's amazing. He's from Dallas, Texas. Uh -huh. And um, that was recorded earlier this year. And there's another project I think I was telling you about this gentleman, Nathan Nathan Bell. Right. And uh, he's like, they call like Americana kind of. Uh, so that's as close as you get to country, right? Yeah. Right. And I love country music. So okay, so what is how is Americana? Is that like country rock? What is Americana? You know, I'm, God, I'm not the one. I mean, um, I don't even know. I, it's, it's kind of it's kind of rootsy mm -hmm. to in, in a in, to a degree of there's like this guitar, okay, uh, uh, is an acoustic guitar that's playing, and it, it's and if I may, at some point, yeah, yeah. I, I want to play a, a, a play a, a quote from from Willie Dixon. Because I think it's so true. Because a lot of things have come from this. Can you this, do it now? This this Can twelve bar thing yeah. that uh, uh, that that we know as as blues. Right. Uh, excuse me for not looking up at you people. Yeah. But, folks, but Alvino's uh, gonna, and, and uh, while Alvino's, you find I it. Wanna so I want to say here. hello to hey Snuffy. Snuffy's with us. And, Hi Snuff. And and Bill Ricciardi. Hi Bill. And Candy Clark. And Jeffrey Wilson. And Ed. And Tony. Um, I'm finding it now. It's um, it's a really cool. Snuffy quote. says, "Alvino, I need some hot food." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Leo, need some hot food. <laughs> okay, that's obviously an inside joke that I don't know what that is. All right. Oh God. Rich is saying, "Play something." It's, he... Well, the, the hot food thing is—it was a joke that we used to have at backstage. We Snuffy and I played with Shaka Khan together. Yes, I right? know. Right, and and so we, you know. After sound check, you go back and and there's you know, always some food and some a couple of different times there was like sandwiches, cold sandwiches, and it was one too many times it was sandwiches. <laughs> so the bassist, uh, rest is, rest is so Jameson Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, told the two managers, Theo, I need some hot food. No more of this cold shit. Okay, <laughs> it was great. But Aww. this is a, this is a, a thing from Willie Dixon. Uh, okay. And by rearranging these into the various types of arrangement has caused them to come up with different types of music. But it's all a pattern of the blues. It's all a takeoff from the blues. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I often say blues are the roots of all American music. The blues is all American yep. music? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so okay. yeah. So the blues is all American music, but didn't isn't the blues rooted from uh, um, Jimmy Vivino when he was here was mm -hmm. saying that everything is rooted 
in jazz. I think he was saying, "Is everything rooted in blues or is everything rooted in jazz?" Now I'm forgetting. It's basically this basically the same thing because we all use the same chords. But he said it comes from Africa. That it As came from Af Africa. Africa. Yeah, right? all, the per all the percussion. If you if you do some history, if, if a lot of us will do some history mm -hmm. and look back, uh, there's a player. And I'll think of his name in, in a minute. He did a wonderful documentary. He went over to uh, Bela Fleck, head of documentary, and he went to Africa to show a lot of the first instruments that were happening: the violin, the the guitar. There was a lot of stuff that was one and two strings on guitars. Wow. The violin, one and two strings. Mm -hmm. But the first instrument mm -hmm. was a was a drum, like a kunga drum. The people, the Africans over there, would communicate with these drums. I mean. And this is, I mean, basically how we came up with, with you know, all the different rudiments that we have because there's certain, not necessarily the way you do your hands mm -hmm. on this, but, you know, it's like you do like a, a paradiddle. I'll do something simple. It's like, that means something to another tribe sometimes. Wow. You know, and they were asking. you know what that means? No, no. I, just, I just know it's a paradiddle. You know, okay. paradiddle, you know, and you do alter, alternate. Uh -huh. But with just something like that can mean something to someone uh -huh. down the way. Uh -huh. You know, uh, if you do... Then that's something else. Answering back, and and if you did it like with intensity, that means something. So that's how they communicated. And that's how you the... communicated. Okay. So when you listen to you know us guys play drums, we're communicating something to human beings, and that's why you're dancing from the bass and the drums. I love. Interesting. That. It is interesting. Yeah, but yeah, it, it all came from Africa, and that that, and then the jazz came over. And a lot of stuff that was happening, like in Europe, was basically a lot of orchestral music. Mm -hmm. you know, when, you, when you talk about, you know, Bach, Beethoven, and, and and all those guys, you know, that was a whole different, a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. But now we've taken that and added that to here. And who needs an orchestra now when you can just play a synthesizer? That sucks. But, no, but you know. that's just so wrong. <laughs> no, that's just so no. Well, yeah, but that's where we I mean, are. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Kevin hey, Fisher, he's a great singer. But he's drums like still. You yeah. still got to play the drums, although it's people know people people sample drums. They yeah, don't, yeah, they don't play real drums. But I'm still working. <laughs> Steve, still, Steve, James, all these guys are still working. That means something. It does, you know, because because so. there's nothing like the real. Thing yeah, I mean, with any of that stuff. Realness is that a word? I don't know. We'll make it. We'll make it a real word. <laughs> we'll make it a real okay, word. Okay, so let's go back. So LOL, right? <laughs> actually, the the girl who coined that on Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Maggie. Um, she uh, she was here and she did the LOL. She did it on Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. She's, LOL, Larry. Anyway, um, so so uh, so you're you're 14. You're playing clubs, which is crazy because you can't even legally be in there. But in those days, they didn't card people. They didn't no, card us. Only the union man did. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gangster stuff. But uh, wow. uh, and I was traveling around the country at the time too. So I was okay, on the road. Okay, wait. So how are you getting to go on the road? You're still on in school. On the weekends. Oh. We, we travel like maybe Friday night and get to Boston the next morning and play Saturday and maybe Sunday and come back early and maybe miss school. Uh, but during the summertime, right. it's like when we really travel. You could take, so we could now, take off. Did there have, was there like anybody older in you? Was it, how are you traveling? We're in a van. And the oldest Who's guy, <laughs> one of the older guys, 18. Oh. We had a guy named... Um, uh, uh, oh God! Don't kill me on this one. Uh, uh, Tom, I can't remember Tom's name right this moment, but he was in the band the Aragons, and he yeah. would drive. But we had we had a manager. These guys, the Aragons, was okay. like one of the first professional bands because we had a manager. They had a truck. They were a 
kid and you had a manager? We had a manager <laughs> who drove us around all these wow. gigs. Mr. O'Neill. That was and, the thing. And you were making money? We were making money. Hell of a fist. And we were like doing it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you're still playing all instrumentals? No, no, this was a different man. Okay. We had a singer. We had um, a couple of different singers. Uh, James Simmons, wrestler, so was was became the leader of the band after after Tom uh, decided he was going to keep playing violin with uh, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra because oh, he wow. played first first chair. Wow! And he was also our keyboardist, and uh, he was the one who introduced us to uh, uh, musically to Jimi Hendrix. All that all that stuff was coming out at that time, mm. and uh, that was so cool. So the band was like cutting edge on a lot of things. So we were playing stuff like James Brown, but we also played Chicago. We played uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. We played- Did you uh, have horns? You yeah. Have horns? Oh, yeah. yeah, we had like four or five horn players. Oh, wow. Actually, it's funny because these guys just texted me today and they're supposed to be, well, I hope you guys are watching. <laughs> Cecil, Paul, George, hope you're watching. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Um, so, all right, so, so the first thing I know that happens to you that's like the big time is mm. is Minnie Ripperton the first thing that happens to you? Uh, What's the first thing that happens to you that uh, that you're playing with? You're you're leaving your boys and you're going to play with Willie Dixon. Okay, Willie, Willie Dixon. Yeah, so Willie how did Dixon. How, how did he find you? Had that um, happen? God, you know I don't don't rem I was playing with these guys, the Aragons, mm -hmm. and we were at a club playing opening band. Mm -hmm. Coco Taylor who. Uh, Big blue singer uh, had had a big hit called Wang Dang Doodle. Wang, I remember that. Yeah, song. I and well, that Willie song. Dixon wrote that. Uh huh. So I'm playing at this club, and Tyrone Davis was a big R&B artist at the time. Mm -hmm. They were doing, we were doing the show, and Coco's manager, which was her husband, came up to ask me what I want, that I want to play for her. And I was at the time, I was like, play no blues. I don't play. I'm, 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 I'm having a good time funking it up over here, you know. <laughs> but a couple of years later, mm -hmm. I end up playing with her. Willie heard me play with her, and he invited me to a studio, which was on Racine at the time on Southside of Chicago, mm -hmm. and that's how it happened. And I started playing with Willie uh, during that time. And so, how did the venues change when you're playing with Willie? Um, well, with Willie, I was playing festivals. That is right, yeah. And we were also doing like a lot of college dates uh -huh. because blues at that time was having this big resurgence, and we also did some really cool gigs at some of the prisons like around Chicago and Wisconsin that kind of tri-state area Detroit Michigan and all that stuff and which was kind of cool for me you know being 16 17 18 years old you know and uh, it's so funny we would go in and I would be wearing a lot of jewelry and stuff and I would have to take everything off because everything was a weapon everything was <laughs> like, a weapon and I had you this kill somebody I know oh, yeah I, I had this uh, what do you call those those uh, those pliers that that Stick on it. Uh, I can't remember those. A crimper. Vice grip. Vice grip. Yeah, thank you. I had a vice grip on. Uh, holding hey, up. Pete George back there. <laughs> and and was holding up in one of my stands. And I, and I was bringing it in, and the yeah. guard says, you can't bring that in. I went, but my stand's going to fall. He said, we're going to have to put a lot of tape on that one, pal. Oh, so I had to take it and put it back in the case because there was no weapons. I'm going, but drums are weapons. Yeah, I've seen them be weapons. How is a drum a weapon? Well, a stick certainly could be. A cymbal? Throwing a drum at someone? Drawing a stick? Come on. All right. 
Hey, I'm from the west side of Chicago. So <laughs> you can get creative. I, I, yes. <laughs> I can be very creative. Okay. So. That's what they came up with. Give me some skin. <laughs> Are you, that's a joke, but that could, sounds like it could be. I just made that up. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's see that? So very George, great to see Pete that. George back there. Hey, Pete. Um, so before, while we're talking to Pete, Pete, what do you got coming up? You got a gig coming up soon. I do. Yeah, what's the gig? Three weeks. Headlining. Grand Hotel, Las Vegas, stand-up comedy. Wow. Nice. Very Pete cool. Pete is shows. the rock and roll comedian. He plays guitar. Oh, cool. Yeah. He plays uh, electric guitar, and he does the history of rock. Funny. I'll have to check it out. Funny. I'll have to yeah. check you out. All yeah. right. And Pete's son, Hayden, is with us tonight, too. Hayden, hey, Hayden, George. Yeah. All right, Hayden. Yeah. It's good to see you. Entrepreneur there. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Hayden, what's the name of your company? It's called Nectar Inc. Nectar Nectar Inc. Like yes. nectar, like peach nectar. Yes, you can say that. Yeah, that, okay. that works. Nectar yeah. Inc. Nectar so you Inc. and you make uh, you you do T-shirts and yes, custom embroidered, custom screen printed hats, T-shirts, you name it. We we'll, do. It. We'll put the we'll put the link in the in the in the thing. Awesome. I'm very articulate. <laughs> I'm a writer. Yeah. It's scary, isn't it? No, look at it. Uh, look at it. Hi, Myrna. Myrna MS is on. Rob Ross is on. Who else are we saying hello to? Pete, are you starting to get some questions? Rhonda, if you guys have questions, um, uh, yes. You do? Oh, um, if yes, you, if they have questions. okay, so if you have questions, ask him, and then we're going to come back to Pete, and he's going to ask Alvino whatever questions you guys got okay. for him. Okay, so, so you start playing with Willie Dixon. Yeah, we play, playing with Willie, Willie Dixon in uh, my mid-teens, and so uh, it, what's the first like big venue you play? Like, and what is that like when you're a kid and you play a big venue? a college? You know, like a, a big, big cavernous room of some sort, you know, bigger than like the lunchroom, right? Like, is it thrilling, like when you start to do well, that? Was, what was thrilling was playing with these, these like older guys, the yeah. guys like old enough to be my dad, you know, and, and, and getting prepped and being spoken to, because I didn't, you know, my dad wasn't around growing up, so I didn't have that, that father figure. Right. So these guys, I mean, I looked up to, and of course I've listened to them, and then going to these places to play, and it's like, okay, you act this way, do this, don't do this, do that, do that. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. And it was so cool. And it was, they were like gentlemen all the time. Really? Was, oh my, my God, they were great, man. I mean, it was like. So you didn't you know, play with any like down and out, messed up, no. No, 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 no. Nice. My, my career has, uh, when I look back, mm -hmm. it's always been kind of like this thing here. This is a slow, nice. slow, slow climb. You know, my toe has always been in the door, you know. Um, Have you worked steadily for, through your whole career? I've been out here since 1975 and not stopped working. That's a good uh, thing. In Chicago, it was just that thing of just you know, a kid climbing that ladder. Um, once I left Chicago, and I left Chicago in 75. In 1974 was the next big thing. There was another group called the Independence, which was the Reverend Jesse Jackson's stepbrothers. Uh, oh, wow. And his name was Chuck Jackson and mm -hmm. Marvin Yancey. They were songwriters. Mm -hmm. And they wrote Nat Cole's first record, which I missed. Uh, there was a personal thing that happened, and I couldn't play on her first record. But You got uh, invited to? I got invited to play on the first record, but I wow. couldn't, couldn't play it. Couldn't play. But um, wow. after that, 1974 rolled around, and, and Cash called me and says, um, some people are going to call you from L.A., 
and they're gonna want you to come. And I'm like, well, okay, and I got on the phone and they talked to us. And Cash McCall's real name is Morris Donaldson, wrote a wonderful bunch of great songs. Just passed away about a month, month and a half or so. Yeah, he was like my biggest, uh, biggest influence. Um, my, um, oh God, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, and he, I mean, if it weren't for him, I would not be here now. How so? Um, he brought me out here. He got me the gig with, with Minnie. We went and did that gig. We did a tour with Minnie Ripperton. And what was that like? That was, was, that, was, that the height, was that at the height of Minnie, Loving You yes, and all of that? Yes, it was. It was, it was like the first, the first record that she did because Stevie Wonder produced that record, you know. And, and the funny thing on that I was... I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you've played with Stevie also? I played with Stevie also, yeah. What, what, was that around the same time? No, I played with him okay. from the, um, he did a, uh, we did a soundtrack for uh, um, Spike Lee for the movie. Um, <laughs> not do the right thing. No, no that wasn't do uh, the right thing. It uh, was, uh, oh my God, somebody help me. All right, wait Does a anybody remember the name of that, 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 that movie uh, Spike Lee did? No Better Blues. No, no that's it wasn't not Spike Lee. Um, um, wait. Now I gotta look at Spike's it, well, credits here. I, I tell you who. who um, uh, uh. I gotta look at Spike Lee movies. I just got to see uh, his his movie. Jungle movie. Fever. Oh, Jungle Fever. We, yeah, we did Jungle Fever, and I met Spike Lee. We did a couple videos, and it was really cool. He's great. But that's I can't remember the year that we did that, but that's that's when I did stuff with, with Steve. Ninety one. Ninety one. Thank you. Spike uh, was just really nice to my daughter. He went good. to NYU. My daughter oh, was just graduated from NYU. When he found out she was NYU, he came right over and he talked oh, to her. He's, re he's very cool. Yeah, he is very, very cool. Yeah. So, playing with Minnie. Then after that, I went back to Chicago to play. Mm -hmm. Go back to play with Mighty Joe Young, a great blues artist, wow. Rest His Soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you're saying Rest His Soul way too many times. I know, and that's that's way been, too many that's, people. That's been my by my life. Everybody that I like, loved, and mm -hmm. adored is like. Ah, you know, yeah. so everything that they've given me, I gotta keep it and I gotta Give pass it, it on. Yeah, right. you know. So um, come back to um, uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Joe went to Europe for the first time. I went over there for about two months or something like that. Mm -hmm. Come back, come out to L.A. Uh, in '75 with Cash to do his solo record after after the Minis tour, and never thought about um, going back to Chicago. And the producer on that record, we had to go back to Chicago to do uh, the second half of the record. And the producer for that record was the uh, great Charles Stephanie, who produced and arranged a lot of the early Earth, Wind & Fire stuff. Oh, wow. So I had this like whole Chicago connection with all these different nice. people. And the, the not funny thing about my career, but everything that I listened to coming up and all these people uh, I really liked growing up, I end up playing with a lot of these people. Isn't that... You, I mean, I listen, listen to The Temptations and The Four Times All of a Sudden. Well, I end up doing a record with The, with the Temptations. It was a record that didn't come out. But I did do something that did come out because it was a Temptations Four Tops duet record that, yeah, I, that I did. Uh, oh. So, yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of stuff I've like, totally forgotten about. You know, That was like in the vinyl days. <laughs> Which you're coming back to. Yes, to a short degree. Okay, so when, so so I have a question to ask you for, for everybody out there who's still aspiring to be. You've managed to live a lot of your dreams, right? You're 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 kind of yeah. You've kind of made it all happen. Yeah. Was that a conscious thing? Was it something? What would you say? What drove you? Like, how do you think things happen for you? Was it just like? 
you just let it be? Did you pursue it? Were you acting? I, I let what was it. Your I, style? I, I let it be yeah. the way it was. Um, somebody didn't like what I did. They they would call me or call someone to to uh, uh, say I like what he does and stuff. A lot. Some of the tours were that I've done mm -hmm. happened because of a, a, a one of the a tech that worked with someone. A lot of people, I call them techs. A lot of people like to call them roadies. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like the word roadie, but anyway, tech. Yeah. And they would call, hey, such and such needs a drummer. Uh, you think you might be available? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. You know, I put your name in and I'm not going to maybe audition. Sometimes I wouldn't audition. I've not had a lot of auditions. Sometimes I just walk in and just do the, do the Okay, so I'm wondering, I, it sounds to me like some of that is because you have a great work ethic. I you have manners. I work on that all uh, I'm right. I'm guessing you show up on time. You're yes. always prepared. Yeah. All that stuff. How early was I here? <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, Alvino. I, I was still, I was still in my robe and my hair was wet when Alvino yeah. came. Yeah. But that's always because I'm, I'm very unprofessional. No. But okay. no, I, I, um, you know, I can be, I can be a bitchy sometimes. How so? Uh, well, because sometimes I may overthink or, or, or things. And 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 uh, trying to be a perfectionist and things instead of just letting things be, but that's just how I am because of things that I learned from other people. Yeah, but you want the music to be that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you you want it to be mm -hmm. right. You want somebody to you know shake the tush and stuff and or ass, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, shake that thing. Yeah, shake that thing. Shake yeah. that thing. Yeah. Hey, Jr. So. Um, so, so. So you were not the pushy type. You're not the type that's like making the call. You're, people are like doing it on your behalf. It kind of sounds like. Yeah, Just sometimes. Just like you're an easy, per you're a good person to work with. They can. I hope so. You, you got the gift. You got the <laughs> attitude. Right. <laughs> yeah. I no. I um. <clears throat> I know what I like. I know what I don't like. And people who know me and work with me, they know how I am. And. Um, so like, what's something you don't like? Tardiness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't, I don't like tardiness. I mean, like when it's time, I'm, let's let's do this. Um, you know, there, there's there can always we be this. Three minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know there was there was a five minute grace. Like, so <laughs> okay, five, minute, so five, five to fifteen minute grace period right, sometimes. All right, all right, that's good. But uh, you know, um, um, yeah, that's that's that's. OC being like OCD, things got to be centered, you know. Uh, my fiance and I, Laura, we kind of, you know, kind of go around about that because when you put the sofa here and I want it to be like right in the middle, mm -hmm. and she goes, well, it doesn't have to be there because that's not going to fit with the table being here. It's like, who cares? And, and that's what she says to me, who cares? It's like, okay. Well, I have to move the TV over here because I want to sit right here and I want the center of the TV to be here. I I, I get all that. Yeah, so I get like that every yeah, now yeah. and again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I think my biggest pet peeve is tardiness. Mm -hmm. That's kind of because I was taught early on that what is it? The early bird gets the worm. Right. So you but get. But do concerts there. ever start on time? Do you ever start on time when you're playing the show? A lot of times, yeah. Do they? Yeah, because okay. there's there are curfews. Mm, right. And who has to pay for that? The artist sometimes. Mm. You didn't know that. Is that so? I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. If you go over that time, you get you get fined. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Thousands of dollars. Something wow. Like oh yeah. Okay. So you know, I mean, in a lot of these cities, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So when you see that cutoff time, mm -hmm. 
you know, if they say 7 p.m., that doesn't necessarily mean that the show is starting at 7 because, you know, people right. got to get in. Doors right. are at 6, 6 p.m., right. show is at 7. First act should be coming on at 7. We did, uh, with Dave Mason, a few years ago, we were uh, doing a tour with, uh, uh, Dave was opening. Um, Dave Duke, was opening. Yeah, Duke, There's something I know. wrong with that well, right but, but, there. But, I mean, it was, I mean what, it was great, though, because we right. were off stage. Now. We were back and, you know, hanging out. Dave, Doobie Brothers, and Journey. Oh. Great show. Oh. And, you know, we're out there in the summertime, and it's like 7, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and it's like still light outside, and you're still seeing people come to their seats, and it's like, wow, but this is cool, though. <laughs> yeah, this is real cool, you know, because I can go and have my little shot of tequila or whatever afterwards nice. and chill, you know. But, of course, you sit there and you watch all the bands play, and you probably go on stage and jam with them and stuff, but... Yeah, it was cool. What was what's really like cool. the what is some of like the greatest venues or or shows you've played or like the most exciting places you've played? One of the coolest places I think I played was the Superdome. It's hundred thousand people. Oh my god! And who'd you play there with? LTD. Yeah, my band. LTD. I was listening to LTD today. Um, yeah. Th- yeah. That's some that's some like soul. That's some really cool that's, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we uh, we. Uh, did band was great. Band, the band was great, and, and I was going to uh, want to say that the very first song that I wrote mm-hmm. went on an LTD record in 1979, and that was once again because of Cash McCall. When I was out on the road with him in 77, 172, I would always be in my hotel room writing something. I mean, we'd get to a club to play, and there might be a piano there, and I would play the piano and write the words down, and write the try to write the chords down. And he always encouraged me, Vino, keep on writing, keep writing, Vino, keep writing. You know, you'll, you'll get your producing chops up. And, and I kept doing it. And when I got with the band LTD uh-huh. in 1978, uh, 79 came around and they said, do you write? I'm like, yeah. You got some songs? Yes, I have a song. I have some songs. Uh-huh. And I got the song together. And um, uh, Henry Davis, the bassist, rest is the song. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, we have three members out of LTD who passed away. Mm. And but he was my writing buddy on, on on a few things, and we got it together, did a demo, took it to the band. The band liked it. We did a demo as the band for that song. Producer liked it, Bobby Martin, mm-hmm. and uh, um, they put it on that. And the name of that song was called "Share My Love." And you got that on your phone? Uh, yes, I do. Well, someplace. let's hear a little "Share and, My Love." And uh, it's um. <laughs> It's um let's hear a little taste of that. It it it, it was on Go Go Record and Rich Moore's going crazy because you played the dome. So what is that like <laughs> playing for a hundred thousand people? Amazing. Holy well you shit. can't see anybody. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it, it made me rethink rethink uh how to play drums. How so? Because back in the day uh fusion was was a big deal, you know, playing a, a, like a flurry of notes on the drums and stuff. Now, and, and I went in this place, and I was like, was sound checking. It was time for the drums to do the sound check, and I'm sitting there, and I had all these tom toms, and the engineer went, "Alvito," I was like, "Yeah," he says, "That ain't gonna cut it." And I went, "What do you mean? All those feels like this just ain't gonna cut?" He says, "We need the value, the tone out of each drum to come through." Mm. Wow, you're sitting there right before a show and you got to rethink the whole thing. I have to rethink everything. I mean, wow. I wasn't I wasn't that kind of drummer anyway, but I'm right. like excited. This is 100,000 people and it's sold out. Oh, God. 
LTD, I think it was LTD, the Commodores, and OJs, maybe Confunction, and, and a few other people. Jesus. And I'm going, okay, okay. And I rethought it, and everything became like one note, one note, one note, one note, snare, kick, hi-hat, groove, one note, one, and that's the way I play today. And it's, it just simplified everything and just made everything just lock right in. So I'm not you, one of those. You, who was that guy that said that to you? Do you I, remember I, remember, who it was? I, I don't remember. That I don't is remember. so yeah. crazy. Thank you. Kind of, he kind of changed <laughs> yeah. your whole deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I was playing that way anyway, on especially on records. But mm-hmm. you, you want to kind of, yeah, you know, cut the rug a little bit because you see like some of your compadres sitting back there and the drummers like, yeah, man, look, look how many drums he's got, man. Cool, <laughs> you know. And um, I'm going like, okay. <sighs> God, this is heartbreaking. I can't. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And it worked out. And then when we played my song, Share My Love, and we played it, whoo, I started crying. I mean, because this is when big lighters were huge back oh, in the day. Yeah. You know? And, 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 oh, and oh, the oh, opening chords came, and Jeff opened his mouth to sing this yeah, particular song. It. It's like, and all of a sudden, all the lighters come on, and tears just. Yeah, seriously. I'm a very emotional guy, so. <laughs> so my first song ever wrote. What came first, music or the words? Words. Words came first for me on this one. And then, I mean, I added, we added the chorus. But yeah. In a hotel room, Ooh. writing those words. Can you make it louder? Sure. I'm loving this. I'm giving it some love. Right, Jeffrey Osborne. Song, right? That's a beautiful song. Yeah, with the horn band. Ten okay. pieces. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Graduate from one, one horn band to another. Playing with horns are great, man. It's so now, great. was there a girl that, that sparked that song? Uh, no, it was not a girl. It was just, um, you know, I just felt like, I mean, I, I wanted to be in love. And, and, and that's what that was from, you know. Um, you know, I, as I said, I, I think it was just a thing of not having certain things in my life, you know, especially, you know, not having my dad around. Mm. And, and But my mom did a, a hell of a job raising me and my two brothers, you know, and uh, so she was mom and dad and everything else, you know, because like I said, everybody in my life at that time, you know, was like kind of falling by the wayside, you know, my, I never met her, my mom's uh, parents, mm-hmm. and I met my dad's uh, Making you put your hands down. Oh, I'm sorry. They're looking at the bling instead of your face. <laughs> yeah, see, Bobby's right now. And uh, so yeah, everybody. Um, uh, um, she was, she was, she was. That's my heart. Speak to her every every, every day. Oh, that's you know, so not great. today, but mm-hmm. yeah, but every every day. So yeah, that that was just kind of something from the heart. I wonder if that uh, if that too that that those family values are also why people get that from you and want to work with you 
there's a loyalty there there's a sensibility there's a kindness there's a sweetness all that stuff and then there's that other side yeah, well, do you have a temper Laura help me <laughs> oh, okay I guess I get the answer to that question uh, yeah um, yeah I mean I, I can I could be I could like I said I could be a I could be a bitch sometimes. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean I, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes, but. Um, Do you apologize I, if you go there? Yeah, I mean, I, I will. Mm-hmm. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> no, um, um, I really try to have a lot of patience. I could be impatient about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, once again, that that time thing. The, uh, it's like, okay, let's let's do this. We here. Let's go. That time, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, but I'm relatively easy, I, I think. Um, I think I, I, that's the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, I'm. You wouldn't be working all the time. If right, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm quiet. I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, not really introverted, um, but. No, yeah, you don't strike I'm, me that way. I'm, I'm a little, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so so let's go back. So so playing with Minnie Ripperton, did you ever meet um, Maya Rudolph? Well, she she wasn't even born she was, yet. What, no, she was. she was. Yeah, she. I, I remember the first day I went in for rehearsal. <coughs> Maya was there, mm-hmm. and she has a son. Uh, they call him Ringo. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his, his real name. And we were there. Two things happened that that evening mm-hmm. when I walked in rehearsal. We were playing, and had the my monitor sitting there, and I totally forgot that Minnie did that thing with the water voice. <laughs> So, you know, because I'm like so excited. I'm in Hollywood. I've yeah. never been in Hollywood. And the only thing I knew about Hollywood was hearing about Michael Jackson and his brothers. Right. Uh, you know, Jackson's talking about walking around with, you know, with sweaters on in December. <laughs> so it's like, I'm finally here. Also, Especially coming from Chicago. Exactly. Oh. So she's singing and we're playing and she goes to hit one of those notes. I totally forgot. And I went... Oh, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Wait. My monitor's feeding back. Her voice just disappeared. And then everybody stopped and went, that wasn't feedback. That was Minnie's voice. I went, I felt like so, I was like so embarrassed at that moment. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot she does that thing, you know. But she wasn't a thing yet, right? You were with her at the very beginning, Uh, weren't you? No, I was like, I came in, I came in later there. But see, Minnie comes from Chicago Mm -hmm. and she was with a group by the name of Rotary Connection. Oh yeah, I remember that. So Charles Stepney, mm-hmm. once again, brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. He was honing everything there. Uh, the, the other singer with that group was Sidney Barnes, and Minnie was kind of they pushed Minnie out front because she could do that. She had she was trained in in opera. Really. Mm-hmm. So she did this. That's why I that wouldn't. But I that. wouldn't call what she was doing operatic. Well, that was a whole but, different but, trip. Yeah, but nobody's ever done what she did. I know. Pat, I mean, Pat Benatar was trained that way also. But I have to so, think about so that. when so when you when you when you have those skills like that, you don't necessarily have to put that out there like but, that. But which where she took her nobody's ever done. No, what nobody's she did. done. No. I mean, she made notes that. I know that I don't even know what those are. That was it was off the off the chart. Craziness. And it was great because we'd do all these concerts and she was just <laughs> like. So the second part of that story is Maya was there. Yeah. And she would start doing this, and it's like a baby's voice doing this stuff, and it was like, 
That's kind of incredible, man. That's kind of kind of cool. This little kid grabbing this stuff. She but, actually has a great voice. I know. Yeah, she mm-hmm. does. But she grew up being a wonderful comedian. She mm-hmm. sure did. She sure did. No. Okay, mm-hmm. so so you play with Minnie. How long are you with Minnie? I just did like one. I did one tour because uh, mm-hmm. I went back to Chicago, and that's. Did you do fun? St- was she doing big venues? Yeah, or? we were doing. We were playing with people like Van Morrison. We did stuff with like a lot of the fusion bands, like uh, uh, Weather Report, Return to Forever, Herbie Hancock and the, uh, the wow. Headhunters, Taj Mahal, wow. P Funk, Isley Brothers. So we were doing. All kinds did you, of stuff. Did you ever do like Saturday Night Live with any of these people you were playing with? Uh, no, we did. Uh, with many, we did. Uh, was it Dot Kirshner's? Oh, right. If you look yeah. on, uh-huh. if you go online, you can find some clips of us on on on, on there. And uh, it was great. It How was fun great. was that? It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Uh, with LTD, we did a, a rock concert or something. But when I was with Shaka, it's like it looked like every other month or so, every other week. We were on like Tonight's Show. We were on. Okay, so uh, what years were you, were you in? Shocker, 86. 86 through 90. But I was playing with Shocker. When I got through with her, I would do something with someone else. You remember a young lady by the name of uh, Cheryl Lynn? Got to be real? I played with her for a little while. Cheryl Lynn? Uh, why am I thinking. Super- no. No, no. no. Cheryl, okay. Cheryl Lynn, she got to be real. Okay. Uh, was it her, was it her big hit? After her. Because I got. I'll tell you, let me, let me back up a little bit. Yeah. In 83 or 84, mm-hmm. I decided to come off the road for a while. And I just kind of had enough. Mm-hmm. And I came off for a while, but I was still writing. And I was, every now and again, I would play a little club gig just to knock the cobwebs off. Mm-hmm. And in 85, I think it was, I was playing a little club, helping somebody out. And somebody was walking behind me. Remember Carlos and Charlie's? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was playing there one, one day, one afternoon. They're like all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, what, right there on Sunset, right? Yeah. Before my time in L.A. <laughs> and somebody's behind me, Alvino, Alvino. And I turned around and was like, this woman, I'm like, yeah? Um, I want you to play for me. I'm like, well, who are you? I didn't recognize the face. My name is Cheryl. I'm like, oh, yeah. Chris, uh, who was my drug tech with LTD, uh, just told me that you were going to be here, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. And I went down and I played for her and, and we agreed on everything and I toured her for a while. And um, this was after my not being out on the road for a few years. Right. So I went out. We opened up uh, a bunch of shows for Luther Vandross. Oh, mm-hmm. what a singer he mm-hmm. was. Woo! So and we did. God rest his soul. We I know. Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the 86, uh, Anthony Padley, who we were just talking about, uh, we had always stayed in touch, and he called me up. He says, "We're at it again." I went, "At what?" Stop! I, they can't see your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm look, sorry. Look, look, look what it looks like. See, they can't see your okay, face. Okay, okay. Do Don't be doing okay. that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, there was an audition and a spot up in Shaka's band, so I went to do it. Got the gig. You had to audition for. Her? Because uh-huh. you know, there was other, other other people that they were looking at, uh-huh. and what was that like? She was wasn't she, she wasn't there. It was just the band, and they knew exactly what she was looking for. Right, and, and was she? That was like kind of the height of her. Yeah, that was like right uh, feel for you that during that during that time, and it was great. And these these musical instincts that I still use today mm-hmm. were uh, life's lessons in music. Uh, How so? Well, 
back in the day, I was talking earlier, speaking earlier about the temptations of foretells, and these guys would have choreography, right? And they would dance a certain way. So when they would do a foot or a leg a certain way, the drummer had to hit on that. So right. it's like, bam, and the drummer would hit them with that, and then this and that, and so. Even today, even playing with Dave Mason, I use those R&B instincts. Doing, wow. and, and it makes the music more dynamic. I'm not one of those guys that's just steady bashing and just bashing and bashing because there's guitar solo or this and that. And you, the music has to be a place where we use dynamics. You know, I know that's a joke, you know, the dynamics. I want to play this as loud as I can, but I mean, <laughs> for real though. Um, it has to start when you come in, come in strong gangbusters. And then when the singer or the, the instrumentalist comes in, you have to back down a little bit, uh -huh. but still with some energy. Uh -huh. So when I got there and I did that, and the guys were saying, well, how did you know that was supposed to happen there? I was like, well, it's instincts. My instincts from way back, you know, back in the 60s, man, mm -hmm. you know. So maybe that's what got me the gig. I'm not really sure besides just knowing the music. Right. So that was wonderful playing with Shaka. Um, my first gig with her was... I was going to say, so what are some of the great gigs you played uh, We played this this place in Toronto. It's mm -hmm. a theater in the round outside. Mm -hmm. And I have these things called cheat sheets. Writing my music out mm -hmm. on these pieces of paper. I didn't have a music stand. I wanted to put it down on the ground next to me. So all of a sudden, the stage starts moving around. <laughs> We're going around. And I'm, feel for you. And you know, yeah, and all these songs going on. All of a sudden... One sheet flies away. Oh, God. The next sheet flies away. The next, I'm going like, oh, and my drum tech sitting back there. Oh, and he's running after the music. The song, there's a song that comes up. My music isn't there, and I have to like dig real deep at that moment. Well, what in the hell? What? How's that go? And I remember it for some odd reason. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of like, okay, you got to start learning these songs. But what I do sometimes, I cheat and I write everything on the snare drum. You really? Yeah, yeah. You see some of my snare drums. You see <laughs> all kinds of stuff written on that. Uh, this song is at a hundred something beats. This one is at eighty something beats. Remember the the vamp is this. The the verse is that. Bring it down. Play cross stick here. Yeah, it's a lot to remember because you play with so many people and so many different things are happening. And you know, but I have several different snare drums for all the different things that I do. So each snare drum has something written on it someplace. So when you're playing with Shaka, you, you play the Tonight Show. Do you met Johnny Carson? Was it I met Johnny Carson a couple of times. I met him um, with Stevie Wonder also, and it was Stevie Wonder's first time. But I met. What uh, was that like? That was great because Stevie gave um, uh, Johnny a, a, a chromatic harmonica. Yeah, and it was just a little bit before Johnny retired. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah, that was that was. Did good Johnny work. appreciates? He must have appreciated oh, Stevie. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean. When you get a chance to go sit down and talk to him, that's, that's that's the ticket. That's the shit. That's right the ticket. There, yeah. I played that show with uh, Sheena Easton, mm -hmm. and uh, she sat down and talked to him. I did the Joan River show uh, uh, with with uh, Shaka and with Little Richard. Uh, I okay, did. playing with Little Richard. Oh, that I was hilarious. Okay, that has to be a trip. <laughs> that, that was that was that was funny. Yeah. Hey, baby. Hey. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> no, he was great. He was great. He was great. Uh, I mean, the architect. I mean, come on. He was a, he was a cat, man. He was a cat. Uh, we actually did a show, um, Dave Mason and Little Richard. Yeah, in, in Chicago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Are you playing with Dave Mason? You're playing with Little Richard. I was play, playing. I, no, I was playing for Dave Mason at the time. At the, at the time, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was like a, like a corporate gig that we did at uh, Navy Pier. 
years, it was years ago, but it was great. It was great. Um, yeah, so I did that, played with the, did some stuff with the Isley Brothers. It wasn't all the Isley Brothers, it was only one of them at the time. Two of them at the time, I'm sorry. Ronald, who's a great voice. And um, then I went to play with uh, Sheena Easton in 89. She was real, like, she was blown up at the time. Uh, L.A. and Babyface had written some songs for it. And, and, and so what kind of venues are you playing with Sheena Easton? Oh, uh, we were playing, like, 20,000, 30,000 Cedars, and then... We played a small place with probably like ten thousand, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So that was like it was that was real. And cool. so was was that music weird for you or no no because she got on the the R and B tip at the time and but yeah we still play you know my baby yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of every time we played I would of course kind of like yeah but it was great so you, you put as much funk and soul as you can into yeah. what that was at the time you know? right but it was I mean. Cool. It was very, very cool. Um, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Mac. We did a version of Jimmy Mac, and uh, nothing like uh, Martha Reeves, but uh -huh. it was totally different. But when we got to the other stuff, it was like killing because you can really dance to that. You can really sink your teeth into that stuff. So that's the stuff that got her back over again. Uh -huh. uh, and then in 1990, I went to play with this group from from uh, from England by the name of Soul Soul. And uh, we were their American band, mm -hmm. and they were, you know, the English, and um, they did a world tour and uh, did it. And my uh, great friend Patrice Russian put the band together for, for, for that. You know, so she's another great, great artist. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. So. And so, and from there, when did you get to Dave? I didn't get to Dave until like '03, 2003. So before. Before Dave, there was like uh, Christopher Cross. Oh, Brian Ferry. What what was that about? Okay, Brian Ferry came in ninety. Uh, there's my hand again. <laughs> ninety five. Oh, ninety three yeah. was Christopher Cross. Ninety four, I can't remember. So Christopher Cross was hot. That that was. That was kind of like he was kind of like in that in between. Oh really? Thing. Yeah okay. yeah. So that was that was kind of cool playing playing that playing that stuff. It was mm -hmm. really cool. We were touring with uh, the band Chicago at the time. Wow! And then um, Brian's thing came up because uh, um, um, the guitarist at, the, at that time, hmm, that's his song. Oh, hey. yeah, yeah, we go. I know he was a guitar player, David Williams, who played all that wonderful rhythm stuff on Michael Jackson's. Uh, Wait, I just have to do something. Okay. Shelly Cole is watching. Michael, happy birthday. Did you ever watch um, The Mod Squad? Which, do you remember The, the Mod the, Squad? The, the real one? The back, real Mod Squad. Back Peggy when we, Lipton. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So Michael Cole, who was oh. he, it's oh. his birthday today and his happy, wife is watching. Happy we birthday. Like, Shelly, tell Michael, <laughs> I love you. Love okay. the show, man. Oh, man. He was in the living room sitting right here. Oh, cool. Oh, I love that. Cool. Um, okay, so, so. So, yeah, Brian. Yeah, how did that David happen? got me, uh, I saw David in the club one night, and he says, listen, the drummer may not be coming back, or there's some stuff going on, would you be interested in this gig? He didn't tell me what it was. I says, yeah, sure, let me know. Well, that portion, that part of the, uh, the tour went and came. Mm -hmm. So I got a call one day from Chicago. They were in Chicago, and I'm sitting at home, phone rings, and the bassist, Melvin Davis, who's uh, Shaka's MD now, mm -hmm. um, Says, hey man, look, these folks from England are going to be calling you about the gig, but other than so and so, it's also for. Were you a fan? Always, because of a, a drummer that I really liked, uh, uh, Andy Newmark, mm -hmm. uh, who would play for Sly Stone back mm -hmm. in the day, uh, 
was playing for Brian. And I said, I want to do that gig. Now we're talking about, wow, this article that I've seen was like in the 80s or something, maybe late 70s, early 80s, and, and he was playing for Brian back then. And I said, I want to do that gig. And this cat looks really cool. I want to, that's cool. That's some sexy yeah. music. He yeah, yeah. So um, they called and we got everything straightened out. Well, lo and behold, the drummer. Hi, Steve Ferrone. Well, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> and I think this is when Steve was giving me that, that move to Tom Petty's band. And uh, so I went to see the band play and um, liked everything that was going on. And I played a little bit. Uh, at another time and they liked it so I got the gig and uh, so wait when are you playing with Brian Ferry 95 okay I don't know if she was still my friend Jackie Sullivan sang back up with uh, no not at the time okay I think I met her you know I met her I met her here yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so we had Audrey Wheeler okay uh, singing background at mm -hmm. the time because uh, when I saw him he had like a lot of people on stage yeah uh, he had like I don't know, two or three background vocalists. He had like three or four guitarists and horns. And so when I got in the band, Robin Trower was in the band. You ended up playing with Robin too, right? I ended too, up right? playing with him some years later. Mm -hmm. But um, so I played, and Robin was the MD. He was also produced a few records. Mm -hmm. We had Audrey Willer singing background vocals. We had Guy Fletcher, who was a keyboardist with, uh, oh man, uh, was it Get Your Money for Free or something like that? What was the name oh, of that band? Um, Dire Straits. Yeah, he was uh -huh. keyboards with Dire Straits. Uh, he was playing with Brian at the time. Mm -hmm. Melvin Davis, David Williams, myself, and, and um, uh, Robin. Great band. You can also find that stuff online. We did a live thing from uh, uh, somewhere in Argentina in 95. And, man, the band was killing. I mean, it was just great. I mean, this it was like this funky underneath thing happening with Robin's way of playing guitar was just killing it. Uh-huh. So Robin and I had a meeting one day. He called me, let's have lunch. I said, cool. He said, I'd love to have a play with you one of these days. Um, you know, one of my tours. I'm like, cool. So I'm thinking, it's like, after this tour's over, I'm going to go play with him. Well, it didn't happen. I needed to call. But I got a call from some friends of mine, the guy, one of the guys who made this train, Johnny. And um, says, hey, man, Slash, I'm looking for a drummer. Would you be interested? And this is around 90, 96, 97. Said, so that's like right after the whole at, yeah, Guns N' Roses frenzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I said, yeah. So I went down, played, and we got along. It was great. Cool. So what kind of music are you playing with that? What's that music? We did a lot of cover things. We did a lot of cover really? songs. Heavy cover tunes. Like what? We did like uh, Albert King's uh, Born on a Bad Side mm -hmm. Crosscut song. And we did some stuff by... Uh, um, Who's the vocalist? Who's uh, singing? Teddy, Teddy uh, Andriatis. You uh, know Teddy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Lisa Gorey. Yeah. She's wife. Lisa. She's like, hi, Lisa. Lisa, hi. <laughs> I used to do stand-up with Lisa in Michigan in the 90s. Oh, my God. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I she's, just she's heard from Teddy sing for the first time. I, great, I, isn't he? Wow. It's great, isn't I was, Yeah, he sang on, I don't know, yeah, Lisa but, put up a video. I was blown he, away. He, he sang all the stuff with, with, with Slash. So, yeah, wow. we were we were the band. We had such a great time, and we... We took like Steppenwolf songs and we did stuff by Zeppelin and, and we did a lot of R&B kind of stuff. And, and what kind of venues are you playing? Uh, man, we played venues that were like 1,500 to 3,000 seat uh -huh. places. It was, it was really cool. It was, it was like a wonderful release. I mean, uh -huh. like fun. It, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, mm -hmm. a, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And then um, the year turned around and I got a call from Robin's manager at the same time and I went, Slash, uh, and I went, 
I want to play with this cat because I was into Robin Trower back in the day. Right. You know? So that's where I went, and I was with Robin for five years. Oh, wow. I did, yeah, I did five, 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 five tours. And what kind of venues are you playing with Robin? We played uh, up to 1,500-seater, probably mm -hmm. like three, four, five hundred, maybe to 1,500, mm -hmm. 2,000, something like mm -hmm. that. So they were really cool, kind of intimate, mm -hmm. intimate places, and man, it was, it was great. It was great. It was a wall of marshals and stuff. And the people I would imagine who went to see Robin Trail were people like us who were fans yeah. of his from back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. they were there, they were there, and you see them. We do we do like kind of like two tours a year, like kind of like summer, winter, or winter, summer, spring, something like that. And then he'd go home and and do whatever he was doing. Um, I did part of one record because I think at the time I was still doing stuff with Slash, and then I was doing some stuff. At the time with uh, my good buddy Bernard Fowler. Mm. Yeah. All right, Bernard's on my shit list right now. Oh no! Bernard did this show. I love Bernard. That's great. And uh, have you heard his his Stones? No, I've not heard work? it. I've not heard it yet. It is unbelievable. Is it? It is unbelievable. I have to check it out. And he was supposed to be in the living room two months ago and sing, and he uh, didn't do it. Oh. I found out that. And actually, Snuffy saved, was trying to save my ass that day. Oh, Bill okay. Bernard came and saved the day. But yeah, Bernard let me know like <laughs> 10 hours before the thing that he wasn't going to be here. Oh, it was no. Right there. It was oh, kind no. of heartbreak. I still love you, Bernard. But... <laughs> yeah, we were doing a thing every Monday at the Met. Oh, yeah, I, I, know, I me, know about that. Yeah, uh, Ivan Neville. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. We had uh, Steve Boykin, who's another great guitarist out of Chicago. Uh, we had Jason Sine on guitar, who plays with um, Mike Campbell from the uh, from Heartbreakers in a band. They have a band together. Uh, Jason and I and this guy named uh, uh, um, uh, Angus uh, uh, had a band called the Jason Sine Band. It was a great record if you if you have you can find it on iTunes. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, it's called the Jason Sine Band, and that was across uh, music, um, kind of like felt like. Across between Tom Petty and the Grateful Dead. So, okay, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like with all these soulful guys on there. Exactly, <laughs> but it worked. So you brought. So did you bring the funk to it? Always oh, try. Bring always, the funk. always, always, always work on that. That, yeah. that. That's what I am. That's what I do. You know. That's right. And uh, uh, a good buddy of mine, um, I wanted to break into doing more pop stuff, as we call it, rock stuff. And I was playing with Soul to Soul at the time. Um, um, I was asking him, I said, uh, now Rogers from Sheep. I played with them like a couple no. of different times. And and I says, um, uh, I hope I'm not named. No, we picked that one up, I right? I love Nile. <laughs> I just wrote to him last week. I was, he's, at the, he's at the bowl. bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw that, yeah. yeah. And I says, well, listen, I want to get into doing all that stuff. I mean, what is it that I need to do, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make that new step? He says, nothing, just what you're doing. And I'm like, really? Okay. Just, just make sure that two and four, then that one and three. And it's like, okay. So I've not changed anything since LTD. <laughs> don't fix that. I mean, you know, Willie Dixon told me the same thing. But just you do what you do. It's that feeling. So now how did you end up with Kenny Loggins? That one, I can't remember how that happened. Uh, Kenny. When, when was that? What, what? that? Ooh, what year was that? That was a 90... 90... 
what was that, 93, 94? So, like, that, in those 90s, you were playing with a lot of... I was of, doing, a lot of yeah. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, after after the LTD thing, mm-hmm. after I <laughs> composed myself, it's like, okay, here we go. So, that came up, and I don't remember who called me, what what happened on that, but my good buddy uh, was basis on that was, was Freddie Washington, mm-hmm. plays bass now with Steely Dan. But he uh, was there, and that was really cool. I walked in. And the funny thing, they were they were we would we would get ready to do this record. Or they were going to do this live record from the Redwoods. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that, you got to mm-hmm. check it out. It's really great. And he says, "Well, it's going to be blues based." Mm-hmm. Oh well, man, come on, let's <laughs> let's come on, let's go. One, two, three, four, and we did a few things. And it's like felt good. As soon as I walked in the door at home, my phone rang. You got the gig if you want. I want. Cool, man. So it was really great. I, I would drive from from Burbank and drive like the Ventura and hang out. Well, no, Carpinteria. Mm-hmm. And stay up there for, for the week and come back home and we were doing all this stuff. We went up north. Uh, I guess, where is the, where are the Redwoods? In Santa Cruz, isn't it? Somewhere up there? I forget where well, it is. Well, I know there's some in, uh, um, I was in Monterey at the... At the Henry Miller Library in uh, Big Sur, there's okay. Redwoods up there. Somewhere up there. Yeah. And that's what we did this this record, and it's uh-huh. really great record. And there's a DVD also, and uh, we had some wonderful musicians uh-huh. on there. Um, well, Steve George is a keyboardist uh, who used to be with uh, Mr. Mister. We have Sonny Landreth, who's a great slide guitarist. Uh, Howard Levy, great harmonica I love player. I the slide yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Rodriguez, a great singer, uh, guitarist, uh, mm-hmm. Len Fentmont, uh, 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 great vocalist, uh, Kevin Ricard, great percussionist, Manyango Jackson plays with Steve Wonder, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, great, another great percussionist, Steve Kahn, another great, I'm naming all these names so people know who these musicians are. Uh, um, but yeah, of course, Kenny, we had Michael McDonald on there. We had Shawnee's come on and sing. We had uh, Will Ackerman uh, did a guest thing on there. Uh, we had... Um, um, a couple other people on there, and I'm forgetting, and they're gonna kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Remember their names? Great saxophonists. I can't. Come on, plays with the Doobie Brothers now. But uh, um, yeah, and Ed Man on, on percussion, and he's gonna kick my butt for not remembering his name. I somebody remember. else. Somebody, somebody help me. Somebody else. And uh, anyway, yeah. So we did that thing, and uh, hi, John Green. Then we, um, I left and went and did all the other stuff in the, in the 90s and uh, a few other things, doing sessions and all that stuff. And then uh, I got a call. How'd, how'd you meet Dave? How'd that happen? Um, I don't remember. Oh, I was playing in a club, just jamming with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the keyboardist, Bill Mason, came in and he sat down and was playing keyboards. He was jamming with us. And he says, hey, you know, the captain I'm playing with might be looking for a drummer. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, who is this cat? He says, this cat, Dave Mason. I said, oh, yeah, I know who that is. I said, my buddy used to play bass with him back in the day, Gerald Johnson. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, Gerald. So he called me and says, oh, well, he's going to keep the cat he's got. I'm like, oh, no problem, man. You know, I'm cool. I, you know, I got some money in the bank. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm real cool. But he called me about a few weeks later and said, Hey man, he changed his mind. Uh, you, you you available? Uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll go off a bit. You know, we'll see what's happening. I went down and 
kind of playing a room. Day wasn't there. It was myself, the bassist, and uh, at the time, uh, Alex Dresos and and Bill Mason and myself. So we're sitting there playing, and we go over the thing. Had my cheat sheets, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I learned a lesson. Use clothesline hooks, whatever you call those things. Clothespins. Clothespins. Yes. So they don't blow away. So they won't blow away. I got it. I like it. And um, my first gig with Dave was funny as hell. <laughs> Why? How so? Uh, that's not the first gig. My first sound check. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing this one song, and there's a. So wait, did you get the gig playing with the guys like Dave? No, I just played. There? It wasn't. It wasn't even like an audition. It was just like you got learning something. I got the gig. You got it the was gig. like yeah. Yeah. So first sound check was somewhere. I don't know whether it was in Cleveland or Cincinnati. Look one it. of those two places in Ohio. And I'm going, okay. And we go to the song. I can't remember the name of the song right now. I'm terrible at remembering the song, the song names. And there's a section in it that's weird, a weird count. And I couldn't figure it out at that moment. I had it before the rehearsal. When I played with the band, I couldn't figure it out. What the, I was like, what the? So afterwards, I said, dudes, what is it? I don't know, man. I just play it. I just, I just go, you know. I went, yeah, okay, well, fuck you do that, you know. So I went and I studied, I studied, I said, we did the show and I did it. I just nailed it. I just nailed it, whatever it was. And to this day, I'm still nailing it. Every now and again, I might flub it, <laughs> but, but I nailed it. And the guy who was the owner or the promoter was sitting in the audience at the time we were sound checking. And I saw him afterwards and he looked at me. He says, you know, I didn't think you were going to make it. He said, but you made it through. He said, you came through with flying colors. I said, yeah, I better had, you know, I better had, you know. So that was my first thing with Dave. And uh, it's been a long relationship. 16 years. And and is it something that still fulfills you musically? Is it... Yeah, I mean, it's, it still fulfills, fulfills my uh, uh, thing musically. But I'm going back to where I started with the, the, the this thing next week. And I'm so excited about it with, with uh, Alex Dixon. Uh, producing this record with him, uh, it's just like my my blues R&B thing, and I'm so excited. And it's not just your, we're going to be doing a lot of the songs that that Willie Dixon wrote, you know. Uh, but we also we've written a couple of originals, which are really funky, man. It's like really cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that, and um, and a lot of people waiting to hear this. I mean, we I just talked to Alex yesterday, and he's like. Man, a lot of people, I'm like, yeah. We have um, Alex, of course, he's playing electric bass and upright. And he, he reminds me so much of Willie when he's playing. It's mm-hmm. like so cool. We have this guy named uh, Big Lou, uh, Big Lewis Powell, mm-hmm. who's uh, singing. Uh, he's also a drummer, but he, he's, he plays drums for uh, this R&B artist, uh, uh, Lattimore. Uh, not the young Lattimore, this, the older guy. Uh, uh, we have uh, Steve Bell, who's a horrible harmonica player. Uh, his dad was Carrie Bell, who and uh, he used to play with um, uh, w- with Willie, and he also played with um, with uh, not Holland Wolf, but with uh, Muddy Waters. Mm-hmm. And we have you played um, with Muddy Waters too. I, j- I did. I did a couple jams with, with Muddy, and it was so that was so much fun. Wow, it was so much fun. It was so great, man. Um, back in those days, it was so great. I mean, that's the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, I'm finding out that we have this cat named um, uh, 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 Rico McFarland, who's 
from Chicago is going to be playing guitar, and Gino Mateo. And, so none of that's recorded yet? Uh, no. We've, we've rehearsed and we've recorded rehearsals, but I'm not at liberty to play anything. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Save that stuff. That's okay. But it's, 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 it's like going to be a phenomenal record. I'm so, I'm so excited about it, you know. Um, and I'm, That's great to be yeah. excited about Yeah, I mean, I'm like excited that. about the other stuff I've done, but, you know, a lot of that stuff was done kind of like, you know, as a drummer who put in some ideas, but this is like... Your thing. My, my thing, you know, and, and other things that are coming that I can't talk about right now, other production things that are, that are coming up. And um, How did you connect with Jonathan McCune? So oh, Jonathan. We talked about Jonathan before we went on the air, but Jonathan's father is John McEwen, who's one of the founders of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, the mandolin player. And uh, how did you find Jonathan McEwen? Um, Jonathan and I hooked up through Dave. Oh. Through Dave Mason. And, uh, how, does Jonathan, how does Jonathan come to Dave? Through, through his dad? Well, living in, he, Jonathan lives in Ventura. Mm -hmm. Dave lives in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just that connection of, of, of mm -hmm. just, there's Geography. a, yeah, there's a community of people there. And it's like all these artists that are like, Hitting away in Ojai. It's a really cool place as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, and I live way, the, way the hell away from everybody. You know, I live like up this hill, up this dirt road. And, but it's I was really just cool. there for the first time. What a great town. That yes, is. it's really, really, really cool. With a lot of artsy people there. But we hooked up through Dave mm -hmm. and we did the trio thing. And I was playing percussion. I was playing djembe and snare drum and little tambourines and shakers. You, you and, did stuff here in my living room. Yeah, we, we came yeah. here to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was basically like a small portion of what we were doing with Dave. Mm -hmm. Then my and we. Uh, then, oh, you, Dave, and Jonathan were yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, we did concerts together. Yeah, wow. we did some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, that's we, cool. We toured around the country. And then we changed, changed up a little bit, and we got another guy, uh, uh, Jason Roller, came in after that, mm -hmm. and he's an amazing, amazing guitarist. Uh, he plays with Alabama right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, we added Tony, uh, Tony Patler, uh, on keys, and Tony started playing That's who bass. he was asking about, right? Right, right, yeah, mm -hmm. he's an amazing left-handed keyboardist. I mean, he plays his butt off on, on B3 and clav and piano he sings his butt off he used to be shocked as a musical director when I was uh -huh. with, with, with her and um, amazing I've, I've, been, I've played with so many wonderful people I mean Snuffy Walden man he'll be in the living room July 30th with Teresa with Teresa James oh really and Terry Wilson oh yeah, really yeah the oh. three of them are playing really yeah oh my gosh on the 30th of July come on down Ooh. Come on down. We can Shoot. use some percussion. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Can I, can I bring my little yeah. stepdaughter's yeah. tambourine? Yeah, no, you can bring your, your you can bring. Bring the djembe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Teresa's great. She's got oh, a great yeah. voice. She's got some great stuff happening, too. Yeah, yeah. she was nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never had the pleasure of playing with her. So. Well, come on so down. That might, you know, that might be kind of a cool thing. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty much been... What's been happening in my life, and you know, I met uh, a wonderful lady. That's such four, a great thing. Four, four years ago, and uh, Laura. And you and, met, and you met in a club on New Year's Eve. Yeah, we met this little dive bar, <laughs> and when a beautiful face asks you to come and sit down, because you look lonely. <laughs> Aww, on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve, Aww. you know. 
But I was waiting to get paid from another club down the street, mm-hmm. and I just came over to see another some friends of mine play, and there she was, and she flashed that smile, and was like, okay, I will sit down. Four years later, here we are, and we're, we're going to tie the knot, uh, isn't it? 2020, next year probably, you know. We haven't really set a date, but I might be stretching this from what I'd like to do at the December 31st, 2020. It's nice to get married on the anniversary. Yeah. yeah I like Then that. I will remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do it since September 6th. I'm not going to remember September 6th, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, so, so you're pretty much doing... This other project you're doing, coupled mm-hmm. with working with Dave still, you're pretty much doing everything you want to be doing, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is there anything that you haven't tapped into at all that is ahead that you'd still love to do? Yeah, Anybody a, you'd love to play with? Yes, that? yes, okay, yeah. There, there's a couple people. Um, I would still, I would love to do something with Clapton. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did something with Clapton. Did you uh, really? A record. I played with Paul Jones. Remember we talked yes. about Paul Jones? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we weren't in the studio together. They took the tapes over to England, and Clapton was playing on a couple of, couple of tunes. But I like to do some live stuff with him. I love to do something uh, with um, uh, John Mayer. Yeah, I love to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that would be that would be a, a, a cool thing. Um, but you know, my my sights now uh, as I'm getting older. Uh, besides wanting to do that, so guys, if you checking it out, hey, um, is more writing and producing, you know, being more behind the scenes, you know. I mean, I'm already sitting behind the drum, so why not sit behind a piece of glass and tell people what to do? <laughs> you tell know? people what to do is fun. I've always been, been doing that since I was a kid. Ask my brothers. When's your birthday? What sign are you? I'm a Gemini Cancer. My birthday uh, is June 20th. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, 66. Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, we have any questions for Alvina? Yeah, um, Rich Moore would like to uh, ask you about Harold's chicken. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> My son Christopher loves Harold's chicken. Um, I it's a great chicken place in Chicago. It's a brand like neighborhood franchise in Chicago. Okay. Um, I've not. I'm. Yeah, yeah. My son loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris Cilio's on here from the China Club in New York. I used to work for him. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, did you ever play at the club at my place in Santa Monica? Uh, there's a yeah, the, yeah. At my I played there a few, a few times. Actually, I played there. I think with Willie Willie Dixon. I played there with yeah. Baked potato. I played the baked potato with Slash quite a few times. Wow. Yeah. Love you, Lee. Oh, uh, Lava Lee, I played that a few times, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see. She's asking, what about uh, Bobby Watson? Bobby Watson, I finally got a chance. You know, I was growing up listening to Rufus, you know, Shaka. Mm-hmm. Shaka and I used to do, before, before I played for, we used to do uh, sessions in Chicago uh, doing uh, commercials. And when Rufus broke, I was like, God, I would love to play with that band. But I never got a chance to play with the band. I got a chance to play with her. Right. Then I got a chance to play with... Her and uh, she and uh, the guitarist Tony Maiden together, mm-hmm. and then I finally got a chance to play with Bobby Watson, uh, who was the bassist, uh, the second bassist with uh, them, because Dennis Belfield was the original bassist with Rufus, and they were a group that uh, out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started as the American Breed. Remember them? They were out of Chicago, but that's where Rufus came mm-hmm. from. But yes, Bobby Watson, 
Amazing basses. I made fat bottom. Woo! Yes. <laughs> Two more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite all-time band and favorite song? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite song. God, I don't know if I have a favorite song. All-time favorite band. Um, you have an answer to this? I, I, that's. Uh, you can you can say a few. I I, I, I you know I don't really have a favorite band. I could sit and say favorite drummers. Ooh. Some of my favorite drummers. Okay, One on. of my most favorite drummers. My style comes from Buddy Miles. Mm-hmm. The way the cymbals are set up high, the aggressive but not aggressive way of playing and hitting the snare drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the cat for me. Uh, um, uh, James Gadson, Al Jackson Jr., uh, uh, was it Roger Hawkins, uh, uh, um, Steve Jordan. Uh, oh man, did I say Jeff Picaro? Did I say John Bonham? Steve, Steve Ferrone. Uh, uh, and there's probably a lot more guys out there, but those are the cats for me that just nailed it to two and four. I mean, it was just like pocket funky, stanky. I mean, <laughs> that was it. The blues drummers, uh, I can't forget uh, S.P. Leary, uh, uh, Fred Velo, uh, Odie Payne, uh, Al Duncan. You know, those are guys that I learned from in Chicago as blues drummers. I met those guys when I was a teenager, so. Yeah. So what's what's on your playlist that you that you listen to? I'm gonna have you play one more year tunes before okay. we go. But what's on your playlist that like you, you're listening to for listening pleasure? What are you listening to these days? Uh, I listen to. I have a section called crooners. Okay. I also have another section uh, Brazilian music mm. that I listen like you know uh, just to relax by. Um, in and out the shower sometimes if I'm if I'm wanting to just be rambunctious I will put on like some funk or something and, or whatever uh, getting ready today I was listening to John Mayer <laughs> so it it, it it varies you know I love Miles Davis mm-hmm. you know that's one of one of, one of my favorites uh, um, everything I mean like I said I have over 4,000 songs on this thing it's crazy so somebody talks about a song and I can like pull that up or they if, if I'm in the studio and they say you know that feel like such a such song give me a, I always need a point of reference mm-hmm. so give me a point of reference and I go now listen to it and go oh like this it's like yeah I just did that a few weeks ago up in the Santa Cruz with mm-hmm. the guys uh, with uh, skunk work mm-hmm. and uh, we I took this groove from this uh, um, this song, working on a coal man. I can't remember what it was, and this drummer did this really weird drum thing, and he ding ding. It was kind of like a and that 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 was on a bell of a cymbal. So you like you kind of do this uh, thing on a hi hat. I'm like mimicking a hi hat over here. That kind of a thing, yeah. So I took part of that mm-hmm. on a on a funk groove, and I don't know how the hell I did it, but I did it some kind of way. So a point of reference is always a good thing because somebody says, "Well, give me the beat like this, or give me the beat like that." Give me. The, it's like, well, can you, you know, go in the library there? Give me, you know, give me, give me something. Right, you know? right. So I'm always up for that, unless you just write it out. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you have another question, Pete? Or was that that was your final question? Because uh, been... what is one thing that you would love to achieve that you haven't? Mm. Whoa, um, just getting better and better and better with myself, with life. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, that's... What, what does that mean, getting better with yourself at life? Like what? Just being satisfied with, you know, with where are I you, am. Are you grateful for the life you I'm have? extremely. I'm extremely, but I can always be better. Yeah. I can always, always be better. You know, I think about things like how grateful I am. I was speaking to someone today or yesterday about this, mm-hmm. and I think about it seriously every day. How many hundreds of thousands or millions of drummers are there or musicians are there in the world? And I think about all these different artists that I've played with. I mean, like, you know, huge names and some names you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten the chance to play with these people. This, this, this kid from Chicago, this, this little skinny kid, black kid from Chicago, had this chance to do this with these people who have made marks in the world of music, in this Forever art form. Forever and ever. Forever. I mean, ever. I mean, Willie Dixon, Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan. Crazy. I mean, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I mean, LTD, I mean, Cash McCall. I mean. Dave Mason. Dave Mason. Well, I'm on fence. I mean, Dave Mason. I mean, all these, all these folks I've worked with and played for. I mean, they've made a mark. Mm-hmm. And. I was chosen to do that, to, to, to sit there and do that. And and if you look at their careers and how many drummers or musicians have they had mm-hmm. to sit there and, and play their music and all the years that these people have had careers, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, whatever. And I'm only 66, but, and I've been doing this well over 50 years myself. And so when I look at it and go, Wow, I'm up in an airplane and I'm looking at, looking out, going like, "Wow, man, this is like so cool. Look what I've done. Wow." Well, it's good that you're looking at it now and appreciating while you're in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, and that's why you know I always feel that, you know, when I when I drop these names, you know, I always want to give the recognition because I mean, why not? No, it's nice that you did that. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the other guys that. Don't you know? Don't have that or, or, or whatever. You know? Right. It's don't just, have the recognition. Yeah, factor. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of great players out there. A lot of great players. So. All right. So find something that you're going to pull up for us to, to go out mm-hmm. with, and I want to say next week um, Dan O'Shannon's going to be with us. Thanks to Pete. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan was the either the showrunner, the head writer, both on Cheers, mm-hmm. and wrote for New Heart and Modern Family, and he's um, a very funny man. So I have no doubt we'll be laughing a lot. And the following week we have Fred Willard. We're going to Fred's house, Ooh. and I'm excited about that because it doesn't get funnier than Fred for me. <laughs> Except maybe Dan will. Both from Cleveland too. Oh, stop! Fred's Fred from Cleveland. Dan O'Shannon. Yeah, he's got car. They're car. going in the car. Car. Look it. Wait, both of you guys come back here and say hello in the camera so people can come see you. And, and, and Pete, come say hello. And look how much they look alike. Look it. Look at them. <laughs> Hayden and Pete. Nice faces. So Hayden George, look for him. And, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you the link so you can order some stuff. Some. Oh, yeah. I got you. I'm the best. All right. I'm All right. Well, best. you know, Game Changers needs, needs a T-shirt. Awesome. We cool. need a T-shirt. I got you. Okay, there you go. Too high before. Oh, okay. Okay. Too high. Too high. Too high. All right. Um, So thanks for for 
everything, you guys. Thank you. Appreciate well, thank it. you. Appreciate All right. it. Hey, thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys All right, so, much. so um so what are you gonna play us out with? Well, I'm gonna play I was gonna play this other thing that John. I, I want hey listen, I went to Guitar Center to get you eggs. You better start shaking them on this left. Play something you can shake your eggs to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All let me, right. Let me let me go back over here. Give us like a song that we can like hear the whole song. Something we want Oh, to you wanna hear the whole yeah, song? Let's hear a whole song. Well, you know, why don't I just play what I played earlier, that one song. Okay. Right we'll, we'll that Gerald it. Johnson and I did. Uh, I like uh, it. Uh, uh, this one here. Where the hell Something is it? Something funky? Was it funky? Yeah, it was funky. It was this one here. It's gonna, it'll come up. I like this Hi, song Sharon. a lot. Hi, Sharon. Whoever, who's Sharon's Sh wonderful. Sharon, hey. Sharon, she's in Florida, and she's watching, and it's late. So I want to do this, this song here. This is just to prove to you that all you need to play percussion <laughs> is a 495 tambourine, <laughs> and you can play some percussion. So I want to play this song here that I wrote with my nice eyes, Pete George. friend, um, my mentor, yes. Ash McCall, who just passed away a couple of months ago. And it's a song by the name of Lucky Heart. And uh, I'm lucky to have known this guy. Mm. And I want to thank him for everything that he's done. That's me singing back. That is me singing. Playing everything on here also. It's got a tambourine on it already. See? See it? I do. Lucky heart. You wrote this? Yeah, this is my song called Lucky Heart. Cash and I wrote this together. And I'm singing all the background vocals and I'm playing all the instruments and Cash is singing lead vocals. You're playing all the instruments? Yeah. That I don't quite understand I might as well Get started and take the leap of faith Nice background vocal. <laughs> There's probably a couple of tequilas. Three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I dedicate this to my lovely love, Laura. <laughs> Did you write it with her mind? Yeah, a long time ago. Alvino and Bennett, and you can find you can choose a whole 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 
CD or MP3, if you will, or the each individual song that you like. So, you know, but this is my favorite one. This is my favorite. You know. So. Alvino, thank you so Thank you so much, Vicky. Alvino drove down from Ojai to do this. Oh my God. Fantastic. It's great. Pete, thank you. Hayden, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week on Game Changers.